Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. I've got Mr. John Graham Jr. in the building. Hi, how are you? Hey, you? hey, I'm good. I'm good, Brass. How are you? I'm good. Hold it down, huh? I'm holding it down today. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Are. So I talked a little bit. I'm not sure if you were already tuned in, but mm. basically just talking about uh, Kendia Bailey's uh, suicide and what led to it, etc. And yeah. Just trying to get that segue in and basically um, also with your, uh, what was it called? I said it and now I forgot, but I did type it. <laughs> your um, oh, the book. your book, plantation theory, yeah. as well as basically how it talks about the workplace is not safe for black people and your signature talk that you do to black employees called the cost of the climb. And as I was reading that, um, it made me think, and that's how I went into commercial about, you know, the cost of Candia Bailey's climb. Basically, yeah. you know, um, she worked at so many different universities to get to the vice president of student affairs level mm-hmm. and then to be bullied at at again at 49 don't get me wrong i get it you know i have i have friends we're in our 50s and we've been bullied so i get it um but to just be you know for that to happen is 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 just unbelievable and then he's on paid leave while they're doing a investigation and um i just don't that's not something that i understand too well i'm just like oh my goodness like this this really did happen. You know what I mean? This is, is, uh, it's a little deep. So I'm just going to, you know, give you the floor for a second. And, and we can, I ask, uh, Nicholas will let me know if this video is recorded as well, or is it just the audio? That's something that I'm not too uh, sure about, but he'll definitely let us know and we'll let you know. So, so you got the floor. Go ahead. (laughs) Look, Thanks, Roxy. I appreciate it. It's good to be with you. Um, I think, what we're seeing with uh, Dr. Candia Bailey's uh, unfortunate and untimely passing is the toll that the rise to higher level leadership can take. Um, when I saw bullying in the in the um, you know in the in the news clippings and the, in the headlines and so forth, <clears throat> I think it was a, it's it's a bit misleading. And the reason why I say that is because those who reach higher levels in, in, in organizations or in academia will tell you that it becomes uh, a constant head on a swivel, high alert environment because you don't know where it's coming from, but just know that it's a den of vipers, right? Like yeah. everybody's jockeying for position. They want more title. They want to be in the number one spot. Um, and, and when we get there, we're like, well, I just thought this was about the work. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. It's a different game. Right. And it's a game that unfortunately, and I talk about this in my speaker session, the cost of the climb, it's a game that we were not privy to. 
And unless you grew up in proximity to power dominant culture, language, uh, mannerisms, exchanges and so forth, uh, or unless you were born into it, you wouldn't know. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate reality. And I, talk, I coach a lot of black professionals and I hear very similar stories about the, uh, the hardships they deal with, even just getting to executive leadership, let alone once they're on the other side. Mm. Um, you know, when you get beyond those doors that you've been knocking on and you realize there is a cost and it's a cost oftentimes you weren't told you'd have to pay. And then sometimes you question whether you whether you want to deal with it at all, right? What what is this? Uh, and I often ask, if you knew what was behind the doors you were knocking on, would you still knock? Mm. Mm. And, and a lot of times we don't have yeah. we don't have a clue. Right? You're right, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like, hmm, would I have still done? Mm. You know. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, um, a mm -hmm. difficult question to answer because sometimes we're so um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we're so wanting to be there. I can't think of the word I want to use. Programmed right now. is probably a good yeah, word. That is a good word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is one that I end up using right because we are we are. It's it's a deep subject, but we're epigenetically programmed for excellence. Right. Because for 30 plus generations, excellence was what was required uh, without pay, by the way, um, you know, by uh, by the conditions that we were in to the benefit of mediocrity, by the way. Yeah. So. So, you know, when you look around and you're like, I'm doing the work of three people for one paycheck. Right. I've trained to the person who came in under me and is now my manager. That doesn't look like me, by the way. No, no, nowhere near the same credentials. The track record is not there. How is it that I'm not rising up? Yes. Well, we, we've been programmed for excellence. And, you know, our our parents, our grandparents told us and gave us that battery in our back. Go to school, get a job, get a, or excuse me, get a degree, get a good job, work 30 years, retire and die. Right. That mantra has been. Uh, programmed and encoded into us, but that that programming was based on those who didn't have access, right? Mm, okay. and, and once once we got access, I, I believe you and I are the first generations to be born uh, to be uh, born into or walk into a corporate or academia situation uh, with access expected. Yes, right, right? absolutely. And so, and, and so it's a different mindset and we haven't really altered our program or upgraded our software, as I say, um, to think about what does this look like as the freest black folks this country's ever seen with more access, more uh, connectivity, social uh, mobility uh, and so forth. How are we changing that programming? And I think, unfortunately, it's costing us a lot more. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't sure if you mm. would take a call, but I do have a call on the line. You want of course, of course. Okay, let's absolutely. see if Maurice. Let's see if Maurice is still there. Is Maurice? Are you still there? Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Maybe he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> call back in, uh, right? Right, right. Him. So I will say yeah. that uh, Malcolm White, who uh, is a listener and watcher of every show right here on Word. We love you, Malcolm. He said that what he noticed is that the same cast of characters exist in every workplace. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He, al- he also said that he's been bullied at work and he's always fought back in mm-hmm. ways that he knew how. He said, sadly, it led up to losing a couple of jobs because even when you play by the written rules, toxic bosses with care will carry a grudge and find loopholes in their favor to basically set you up for failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. <clears throat> um, and and I, I talk about this in my book, Plantation Theory, the Black Professional Struggle Between Freedom and Security, that we are still operating in the same construct as, as pre- uh, emancipation, right? Um, and I, and I don't mean that we are in the same conditions by no means, right? But, um, but the construct itself, meaning the, the, the structure, the organizational structure, uh, is still very much set up like plantation structures. Mm. Even down to modern scientific management practices, uh, there's a phenomenal book called, um, Accounting for Slavery, Masters in Management by, uh, by Rosenthal, uh, her first name escapes me, but either way, it talks about how most of the modern scientific methods of management were developed in Caribbean and uh, early uh, American chattel slavery plantation structures, right? even down to the Gantt chart. Uh, if anybody wants to do that, that research, look up who Gantt was, G-A-N-T-T, and you'll understand that the, the, uh, that family owned over 150 human beings. So, these, these things that we experience are rooted in a historical structure that has been designed uh, to extract labor uh, uh, without humanity. Yeah. Right? Very recent that we're seeing all of the feel-good stuff and the vulnerability and the authenticity and all those things, which historically nobody cared about <laughs> that, right? It's, we need you to do X, Y, and Z to drive profitability and productivity at low-cost overhead. I hope y'all are sucking all this in. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot. It's well, a lot. we do have a phone call. James from North Philly is on the line. James, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Uh, hey, hey, James, how are you today? Okay, I'm feeling good. Uh, I love you all. Love you back. Love you back, James. Of the new generation, uh, Thundercats. <laughs> uh, to the sister, Cynthia who just passed away from uh, suicide. Uh, um, Dr. Bell- Antoinette Bell- Candia. Candia. Yeah, her Bell- name was Antoinette. Yes, Antoinette okay. Candia. Um, to the new generation, I could be wrong, God forgive me, but it sounds like a new form of hazing mm. on the corporate level. Hmm. And the Thundercats out here, the scholars, talking about y'all, the new generation, mm. the forefront. Be aware of that. Yeah. And realize everything comes full circle. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Appreciate y'all that. generation, younger, and probably younger, through the technology of finding out the truth of who we are. It's a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Like I said, forgive me if I'm wrong, but that's what I feel. Uh, just be prepared. I love you all. Continue to fight. 
uh, I got your back. <laughs> appreciate that, Brother James. Yes, appreciate that, James. Thank you so much. Uh, Rosalind Allen said that uh, you got that. I'm going to read her comment. You got that right. She said, when it comes to black employees, no matter what position we have, we always uh, end up taking care of everybody else and wind up being on the bottom uh, mm-hmm. as a swing manager of an alarm for McDonald's in Kentucky. For 35 years, I was always hiring and firing. But when it came to my position, getting paid the money that I was worth, that would always, they would always want me to train someone else to make more money than me. I finally quit in 2000. So yeah, it's that, that definitely happens. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you end up training the person and, and sometimes they do it and you don't even know that, that that's happened. Now, sometimes, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's just an employee. That's what you think. It's just a, right. another employee here to help out so you can have mm-hmm. a less of a load, you know, and in turn, it's a position that you should be getting that's mm-hmm. higher than you are. And that's you're training that person for their entire job, which is just crazy. But it goes on every single day. That's you know, right. it, it goes on every single day. So it's it's. How do we, if, if, if you can answer this, how do we change mm-hmm. that narrative? You know, that either A, we stand up. How, how can we, and I said this earlier before you were on, how can mm-hmm. we stand up for ourselves if this even exists? I just quit and moved on. And now, <laughs> you know, now I'm good. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. so, sure. you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a better space and a better place. I'm able to move and shake and do what I do. So, I but if it. people have been at a, uh, at a, at their employer for 30 plus years, you know, mm-hmm. how can they basically speak up in a professional manner so they're, you mm. know, so they can keep their job, but get respect at the same time, if that even exists. So we're going to take mm. a quick commercial break and uh, see if uh, that's something that you can help us out with. Again, it's Love and Life. I'm Roxy Fab, filling in for our girl, Carol Riddick, right here on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Welcome back to Love and Life. Nope, I'm not Carol Riddick. Again, I'm Roxy Fab, uh, filling in for Carol today. So, again, we're talking to uh, John Graham Jr. Uh, just about everything uh, in reference to us and the workplace. And I asked a question prior to going to break um, of, of how we can keep our job. You know, uh, that's how we live our life, pay our bills, pay our car notes and insurance and mortgages and things like that, but demand to be treated better, Mm. Uh, demand uh, respect and and things like that. Again, I know some people have done it and then it's it's you know, I, I feel like if it's done, it's backlashed. I know when I spoke up about how I felt, um, it wasn't to me, it wasn't heard. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like nobody wanted to hear my side or my opinion, um, you know, and then I just realized, OK, this is I'm just not going to do this anymore, you know, and uh, I stuck in yeah. there a, a whole nother year, which was crazy. 
but mm-hmm. the, and it just hit me like no i'm no i'm not telling the truth no i stuck in there about maybe two more months i'm getting my year i can't believe it's 2024 already so i All stuck right. in there about two more months and i was like okay i'm done with this this is not something that i'm doing and because certain things again with uh um <clears throat> excuse me uh candia bailey uh it started to affect my mental you know, and it started to affect my health and things like that. And it made me realize like, wait a minute, I have never had to take any type of medication for anxiety or stress. And now mm-hmm. I'm taking medication and, you know, and that's not how I, I, I wanted to live. I didn't want to live like that. Um, mm-hmm. But someone like her with that prestigious title. And again, it still baffles me that it's an HBCU and there's a white guy working there just that just blows my mind. I just, I, and again, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not understanding how that's even happening. You know, mm-hmm. when there are, you know, all white colleges and universities that we can't even get a job in. You know, well, when we do, we get, uh, <laughs> we get drugged through political uh, scandal and right. you know, question right. our credentials on right. national stages. But yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how, and how are you even teaching? At, at, at a black you know a black college or university and you're not black that just I just get confused <laughs> about that how can you give us something that we want and we need and you're not black Yeah, it, it doesn't well, make any sense to me but go ahead <laughs> you, you've asked a couple of really good questions here too I'll start with the first one right? How, how do you and it's an interesting way you position it how do we keep our jobs and demand respect well what I often tell uh, black professionals specifically is uh, first things first, you, if you if you want the title, right, if you, you can be CEO tomorrow, start your own company. Right. That, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you can set the culture and, uh, you know, create the environment that you desire. However, if you choose to stay within the corporate construct, then you first have to change your relationship to work. Right? And, and I talk about, you know, the black resume uh, in this country, you know, since we first set foot on, uh, on these on these lands as enslaved people, not our first time setting foot on. But as enslaved people, um, our relationship to work has been an abusive one. Mm-hmm. And when you're in an abusive relationship, you have to first figure out <clears throat> um, how to get away, right? get space and distance uh, so that you can heal. And I think far too often we have uh, many black professionals that I engage with or encounter seeking to fill a void through the job that they're working. Mm-hmm. And there is no title. There's no amount of money that's going to fill the void that we are seeking to fill. Right. And and this these companies darn sure aren't going to fill the void for you. Right. right? Yeah. That's, that's not why they're there. So when you change that relationship to work. Then you start to see the job as what it should be seen as, which is a venture capital backer or partner to mm. fund your own startup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So now, now I'm not going in there to be to 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 rise to the highest level because that's an ego play, right? Or if you say you want more money, well, there's a lot that comes with more money, and that there's a lot that's going to be asked of you, and you might have to shift contort and conform to something that you won't even recognize to get those those kinds of dollars. Like, remember, 
in the history of the Fortune 500 company since they've been since Fortune has done the 500 list since 1966. There have only been 27 black CEOs of Fortune 500 companies since mm. 1966. 27. That's out of a possible 2,000 plus CEOs. Wow. So it's not by accident. Wow. Right? You said how many? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven out of two out of over two thousand possible. So when you look at that list of those twenty-seven, uh, the majority of that list are lawyers. Right? They went to Stanford or Harvard Law, um, and uh, and then you have uh, a bunch who are MBAs and then a few who are like engineers. Right. The reality is to get to those levels, you have to learn a different language. I'll, I'll trust and believe. Uh, and I was told by a, a, a black psychologist, a sister who, who told me and blew my mind. She said, black folks in America know about 80 percent of the English language, 20 mm. percent reserved for the power structure that if you don't know it, you can learn it. But you'd have to somebody would have to put you up on game or let you in. And there's psychology behind this, too. And there's a whole conversation to be had there. Oh, but the, right. So, so, so linguistics alone. You have to be able to make inhumane decisions without flinching, right? Can can you honestly say that you would feel okay firing thirty thousand people? Absolutely not. Two weeks before Christmas. Absolutely right? not. Nope. Because it's Absolutely good for the balance sheet, right? These right. these are decisions, right? Can 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 you be okay with outsourcing to a foreign country using child labor because it's better for cost overhead, right? These are Ooh. these are decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You all you see is title and money. Well, these are void fillers. Oh, John, I got a call for you. I think I got a yeah. call because I'm like, I don't even have him that long. I have uh, <laughs> Mita from North Wales. Mita, are you there? Hi, yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. Hi, I'm honey, Mita. how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, so I Go just ahead. want to say, I, I am a student of Dr. Joy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> That's my girl. That's my girl. Yes, Queen, yes. Queen Mother Joy. Yes. 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 Absolutely. And because of her work, it has kept me grounded, um, you know, in my work in corporate America. What I find very difficult is the, you know, combating the stereotype of the angry black woman. I'm speaking from a woman's perspective. When I, you know, advocate for myself, when I speak up, you know, it's, it's taken as, you know, I'm being combative. You know, mm -hmm. if, if, you know, another woman is doing the same, she is, you know, assertive and, you know, doing good for the, you know, the corporation. Um, and, and that's a hard, you know, psychological piece to deal with. It, mm -hmm. It's really, um, you know, I, 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 I'm saying I recently, but I'm currently going through that. I have three more years in corporate America and I'm ready to retire. But it's mm -hmm. so hard to get to that point because, you know, just, um, you know, just having, having to constantly battle with, um, you know, getting my point across or just, you know, asserting, you know, my, my, my intelligence, you know, you know, my feelings. Um, it's yeah. just, it's, it's very hard combating that stereotype of the angry black woman. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's, that's, that's my comment. Well, I appreciate that, uh, you sharing that honestly. And I, and I, I empathize because I hear your story daily, um, yeah. from yeah. so many, and you would, you would assume we all went to the convention 
and got our, our stories straight and got on code, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it is that consistent. And what I'll say and what I hear is um, the angry black woman trope. Uh, this comes down to how we communicate, right? Especially as black folks. And, and I've, I've shared this information. Again, it's a deeper conversation I'm happy to have uh, in another forum. But um, the way that we communicate by cultural default is one of, um, is a way of uh, transparency yeah. forthrightness and directness. Right? Yeah. Well, a, a European linguistic code, and this is centuries old, dating back to nobility, European nobility. If you've ever watched like a, 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 a an English period piece or like a Downton Abbey or whatever, yeah. right? And you'll hear them read each other for filth and it sounds so elegant. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what they do is they, they, they cover those daggers with satin, right? And so it's mm-hmm. it's designed linguistically to not offend the sensibilities of somebody yeah. else or ruin one's reputation. Yeah. So they beat around the bush and they imply what they mean without saying what they actually mean. Yeah. And so and when when you I, start I, I right, find, oh, I find myself please, doing that, but I make it, it I, I feel like I'm I'm you know diminishing myself. One hundred percent. And 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 I'm sure you're thinking, well, why don't we just say what we mean and mean what we yeah. say, right? Or, yeah. Right. You know. That that is not in their cultural code to do. In fact, it's just mm. the opposite. Meanwhile, they have been taught a language and a linguistic style that is designed to avoid accountability and ownership. Wow. Right? We as oppressed people didn't have that luxury. So being right. direct, forthright, and transparent was not only a way to survive because we didn't have se- we couldn't have secrets, right? So we had to be direct right, and transparent. And if we did have secrets, we spoke in different code through music and, and, and other means. But when it came yes. to the English language, oh, no, you, you dare not. And so yeah. when we get into these spaces with all of our credentials, with all of our track record of performance and we're being direct, they see us a mile away and they say things like, hmm, you know, she does great work, but uh, she, she lacks executive presence. Yeah. Or, or, Right. Or, or she needs she needs a little polish. Right. Mm. Or, and these are code for you don't speak the language. Right. Of power. Yeah. Right? And so these are the things that I say with even with that knowledge. And there's so much more I'm not even sharing yet. Even with that knowledge, the question then becomes, do you want to be a fluent speaker of that language? And if so, just understand that there's a whole whole lot more doors that that opens up that you aren't ready for. Yeah, <laughs> Trust yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And you wouldn't want to go through because of who it will make you become. Yeah. I'm telling you, I got this information and for three weeks I was disturbed because I started to see it in everything, in, in television and in commercials and music. And remember, they learn this language from, from, from childhood. Their parents yeah. speak it, their grandparents, their teachers, their pastors, their, their coaches. Television, movies, it's that is the language of power dominance. And we we only have a very cursory relationship with it. Code switching isn't isn't what I'm talking about either. That's a whole other conversation. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Mita, thank you so much for that call. I deeply appreciate it, girl. Um, I, well. I mean, wow. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to have your back that you can take <laughs> that you can take up a little bit more time you oh, know please. um I'm a, i know i'm gonna back. i'm definitely gonna be hosting the last week of january so you'll check All your right. calendar and we'll definitely bring you back and uh so we can have a little bit more time um 
But you guys, I got to take a quick commercial break and then I'm going to come back and let John uh, tell you how you can follow him and contact him and, and go buy the book and all that good stuff. It's WURD Progressive Black Talk Media. It's Love and Life. I'm Roxy Fab holding it down tonight for Carol Riddick. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD Progressive Black Talk Media. Love and life again. I'm Roxy Fab, and we're back. So I gotta let John go, but I promise you guys, because I'm reading all the comments, and you know, uh, I will check on his calendar and see what day he is available Monday through Thursday, the week of January 29th. He's gonna look it up, he's gonna get back to us, and uh, we'll have the, the, the two full hours or at least an hour and a half to uh, talk to him a little bit more. So, John, let us know how we can follow you or buy the book and, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Uh, So first and foremost, uh, I don't, I don't like followers, but I love connections. So let's, uh, let's definitely connect. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Just search John Graham creative uh, pop up. Uh, The book can be found at plantationtheory.com and anybody who supports uh, black authors, uh, please support directly. And so plantationtheory.com, uh, I will sign your copies uh, should you choose to buy directly from there. Uh, otherwise, TikTok, I'm at Instagram1906, and that's Instagram, G-R-A-H-A-M, 1906. Uh, Shouts out to the Ice Cold Brothers. We'll be fine out there. Uh, yeah, and uh, Instagram uh, as well. Uh, same same handle as TikTok, Instagram1906. Okay. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't say with Black History Month coming up, um, I, I speak at Black employee resource groups uh, of companies all over the country and virtually as well. So if you have not secured your speaker for next month or Juneteenth, um, I'd love to bring my talk about the cost of the climb where some of the very topics we talked about tonight, uh, I go in more depth in a 90 minute to two hour session. So definitely reach out and let me know. Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like it. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, your time tonight. And again, check your calendar. I'm on it. (laughs) And we'll come back and and talk a little bit more about everything because people are, you know, very happy with this, uh, this, this conversation. So Mm. I'd love to talk a little bit more if you can. Thank you. I I would love to. And thank you so much for having me, Roxy. I appreciate you. Thanks for holding it down. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Thanks so much, John. Take care. Be well. You too. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.